Iguodala. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Podcasts and more. This is the step back. Oh yes, welcome back to the step back podcast with me, John Rogers. Can only apologise for being a day late on getting this out. Uh, I was in Brighton for the weekend, making the most of the three days of English summer um, that we've had before it gets back to pissing it down in the next few days. But um, no, that was um, that was lovely, but. Delighted to be back chatting more NBA. Josh Sim on this uh, on this pod today. Um, he's a Bucks fan, so naturally in, in very good spirits. But w- we actually focus on the Western Conference, talking about that race for the eighth and ninth seed and that uh, play-in game, and um, yeah, the chance to chance to make the playoffs. There, it is very very tight. We've got a a lot of teams within just a few games of each other. In fact, from the eighth down to the 10th seed um, they're separated by only two games so uh, all to play for really and as I speak the uh, the Phoenix Suns are, are having their sixth game of the bubble and hoping to go 6-0 and the only unbeaten team in the bubble so um, yeah they forced their way into contention but let's uh, let's dive into it now um, record earlier today uh, on this Saturday so yeah as I said this is me chatting to Josh Sim let's go for it All right, joining me all the way from uh, Switzerland, actually, it's Josh Sim. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me, John. That's no worries whatsoever. Um, as I said uh, last week, it's not many not many of us uh, British fans of the NBA out there, so it's always good to get um, someone else on. Who's your Who's your team? I'm a Milwaukee Buck fan, and before you say is this like a glory hunter thing, I w- I've been on since Giannis, since the year Giannis was drafted. So it's been a nice, it's kind of been a nice thing to watch grow. Yeah, I bet, I bet. Uh, yeah, you must be very happy this season. Must be feeling good about your chances. To be fair, look, I mean, I, and I know maybe we maybe will, maybe we won't discuss it. But obviously, they've picked up a few losses of late. But I actually see it as sort of a good thing that they're getting into these close games compared to the majority of the year where they're kind of blowing teams out and then having to flip a switch for the playoffs so i'm quietly confident um of our chances yeah yeah i bet well we we will just touch on the bucks a bit later um but for the majority of uh of your time with us i thought we'll talk about the western conference and the sort of race for the eighth and ninth seed because um there's essentially four teams that eventually have to fit into that final playoff playoff space uh, in the west and it's been quite a good quite a good race so far with only you know two three games to go so i'll just give uh, the picture for our listeners so we've got the grizzlies sitting in that eighth seed 
um, with a 33-38 record. And then the Blazers, half a game back, 33-39. Spurs, half a game back of them, 31-38. And then the Suns, half a game back of them once again. So, so it is really close. Um, a lot of teams... Uh, battling it out and last night um, we're recording this on the uh, Monday last night we did lose the Pelicans from that so um, Josh first of all let's just say about the Pelicans um, because a lot of people were picking them to at least make this play-in tournament that's going to be happening Um, were you hot on them and sort of surprised to see that actually they're they're the first ones to drop out on paper I have them as the weak as the weak, uh, one of the weaker teams. I mean, I know Phoenix, obviously a young team as well, but I feel like Phoenix are more, they've more all round quality. If you look at all kind of the starting positions. Um, so yeah, it's not a huge surprise for me to see the Pelicans kind of be one of the first ones to drop out. Um, obviously for me, and I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, this was more a chance to see more of Zion, obviously, because we've been robbed of him for half a season and then kind of see, just see where they go and just how they kind of develop under Alvin Gentry and, you know, kind of create expectations for maybe next season. This, you know, this kind of mini season, this mini break for them in Orlando, I didn't think was going to be a true indicator of something that they needed to make the playoffs now. Cause if they don't, they don't need to make it now that David Griffin's got a plan they're building for the, for the long term. So it's, I'm not hugely surprised to see them um, knocked out first. Yeah, it's been it, it's been uh, it's been really interesting the sort of perception around this Pelicans team because I feel like a lot of a lot of people have suddenly got incredibly hot on them since Zahn started playing again. But actually, if you look at the overall picture as a team, they're not at, they're not there yet. They're not actually that good yet, um, really. And I think people have just sort of jumped on the on the Zahn bandwagon, really. Um, but I think it's shown in these last um, five games they've had. So they've won two, lost three. But um, I thought they went out quite meekly against uh, against the Spurs last night in what was... They knew that was a potential elimination game. Um, but yeah, like you, there's no, there's no need to bash them. They're a young team, as you said, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them uh, going forwards. Um, so let's talk about the Grizzlies then, who are sitting in the eighth position. Um, they've had a bad bubble, a bad bubble, one and five so far through it. Um, just the the lone win was against Oklahoma City, um, and they have the Celtics, and then your Bucks to come. Um, you think they're going to cling on to, cling on to to the eighth eighth or ninth seeds and get into this playing tournament? I do not, and it's big. And I think one of the big things is losing Jaron Jackson Jr. for the rest of this season. Um, he's been ruled out with an injury, and that's. I think he's pivotal then as the second guy obviously John Moran is the undisputed kind of number one option on that team but uh Jaron Jackson Jr. is a defensive beast in the making for sure um if he can just sort his foul trouble trouble out then he'll he definitely will be um but I think he I, I like the two-man game that he and Jar had and I do think now obviously Brandon Clark is a very good option off the bench to have um to step in but I just think that the Grizzlies I just think that their inexperience may just come to bite them, bite them a bit. And I don't see them making the final spot in the, in the West. So would you, you think they're going to potentially lose these, these last two games then? I mean, um, there is a case, I guess you could make that the Celtics and the Bucks both are, are safe in their, in their positions. Will they rotate, you know, have the Bucks been sort of resting Giannis at all? 
They they did against the Nets. Against the Nets, they played him and majority of the starters for about two quarters and a bit, and then they brought in like Frank Mason and Thanasis Antetokounmpo. Um, so there's a chance that the Bucks do rest their players, um, but I just I I I, I don't know. It's, I I just don't feel like they. I mean, they gave up. I think it was they lost 140 140 points in overtime to Portland. They lost to the Pelicans, obviously the Spurs. They, it just feels like, and you've seen it with the Suns. Once you get on a ro- ro- kind of a winning run, it just spurs you on. And I just feel like they just haven't got going, as you said. They've not been on a great run, and I just think it it's not. They're not going to have enough to get through in the end. Yeah, it's been it's been very tough for them uh, in the bubble so far. But um, I do actually have them just sneaking into the to the ninth spot. Um, okay, just based or based on um, you know the the games they've already won. Basically, I mean they came into the bubble with with a big lead for, in that eighth position, and they've kind of blown it. But I think they'll just they'll just squeak in. But we'll come on to that. I think um, the team that could jump them in the in the next two games. It's looking likely that the the Portland Trailblazers will, um, with their backcourt, Damon CJ. Of course, we know what they can do. Uh, they got Nurkic back. It's looking really good, actually, coming off a serious injury. Um, they must be delighted with how he's come back. Uh, look, the Blazers have a really solid squad, and they shouldn't be in this position in the first place. But um, yeah, what what have you made of them in the bubble so far and going forward? I think they've been really good. I think. Uh, obviously, you know, Carmelo coming back in, what was it, November, December when they added him, obviously it was going to take time for him to kind of adjust again. He'd been out of the game for a while, but I feel like he's now found his role. I think he's a lot more comfortable. Uh, like you said, the Nurkic um, return has been huge. I think Zach Collins off the bench as well is also a good, a really good thing for them. It gives them another option along with obviously Hassan Whiteside as well. Um, and then Lillard's been on fire and it, you know, he doesn't need Patrick Beverly or Paul George to to uh, Instagram comment him to get him firing into action. Um, but he's, I mean, the, the Blazers have the experience and the know-how. Obviously, they made quite a deep run last year. And I don't know if people were predicting it for them to do so, but they did. Um, and I just think that know-how, I do have them going into that eighth spot, um, pipping the Grizzlies and the Suns um, for that eighth spot. And yeah, I, I, I just, I, I, there's a bit of more trust in them because I feel like they know what they are as a team they know their identity and I feel like that kind of continuity will help them for sure yeah so they've gone four and two uh, in the bubble um with the Mavericks and the Nets to come so um I would expect them to if not jump the Grizzlies stay in that ninth position at least um Dame is just Dame's box office isn't he at the moment especially he dropped 51 points uh last night it was against the 76ers um, the playoffs is a better place with Damien, I think. I mean, he's the only guy who's hit, is it two uh, series sort of walk-off shots? Um, something like that, yeah. Something like that. I mean, obviously the, the famous one last season against OKC over Paul George. Um, if they can get that eighth seed uh, in the West, they will be playing the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, mm-hmm. They are, look, they're a good team. I can't personally see them coming through that. Uh, can you? Uh, against the Lakers, probably not. I mean, will they take maybe a game or two? That I can see coming because I don't think. I look at the Lakers; they don't have someone to take on Lillard. I mean, Avery Bradley's not there, obviously. 
Um, yeah. Do you give the assignment to J.R. Smith or Contavious Caldwell Pope? It feels like a bit too much for them. So, look, I, I do. Yeah, like I said, I'm not. I, I do think the Lakers will go through, but do I see the Trailblazers maybe taking a game or two and making them sweat for it? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I think um, definitely the most experienced and, and potentially scary-looking uh, opponent for the Lakers um, out of these four teams. Um, okay, the team just below them, the Spurs. Um, I saw someone tweet the other day, you know, the Spurs, you just can't kill the Spurs. They just won't lie down uh, um, and rest. They're always there or thereabouts. Um, and uh, yeah, they're only a game back of the Grizzlies, half a game back of the Blazers. Also gone four and two, looking pretty solid. So I watched them beat the um, the Pelicans last night. I thought I thought that was a really good performance. I thought they looked a lot better than the Pelicans. To be honest, they've got some nice young guys. Um, Derek White, who limped off actually, so hopefully that's that's not too bad. Uh, Dejounte Murray, Lonnie Walker. Um, do you think? I mean, if you're predicting the Grizzlies to miss out, then are, are the Spurs going to take their place essentially? Um, I don't have the, uh, Spurs, like I said, I, th- I have, I have the trailblazers making it. I don't have the Spurs making it, but I, I really do think, and it's no, this is no slight to LaMarcus Aldridge, but I think him not being there, it, there's a bit of a defined role. Like DeRozan's clearly the number one option. Um, Jakob Pertl has been really good not to plug my own blog, but I thought he'd be the one player the Spurs to watch out for. And he's made the most of his, um, uh, more is is extended game time um and then like you said white uh, murray walker they've all been really solid for them obviously they're one of the more experienced teams and um yeah they've been they've been a nice surprise obviously they've got that incredible streak of making the playoffs um that they like you know that they had and i don't why well, i don't think they'll make it i think this has been a really encouraging and really positive kind of showing from them as a whole over the kind of number of games that they've played. Yeah. I, I gotta say, if I was, if I was, uh, you know, a young guy in college, like being drafted, I would love to be drafted by, by the Spurs and by, you know, coach pop. I mean, we don't know how, how much longer he's going to go on for, but he just does seem to deliver solid, solid NBA players out of nowhere. And, and, and the occasional superstar, of course, um, goes without saying, but, um, yeah, I really like what they're what they those young guys are all bringing to the table. Um, Spurs' remaining two games are the the Rockets and the Jazz, so um, not not too easy for them. But um, I think they'll go one and one in those games, um, but still miss out on the on the playing tournament. Um, those games are potentially quite tricky, aren't they? Yeah, or they beat the Jazz, um, I guess, a week ago with the kind of mm. rush, rush of games that we've had at the moment. They did beat the Jazz, um, which is something they'll definitely they'll take encouragement of. And um, they gave Houston problems back in, I mean, I know it's going back a few months, but in December they did give the Rockets some problems. I believe that's the game that Harden had that dunk that wasn't counted, but was oh, clearly yeah, a dunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and obviously the, the Spurs have had a good, they've had a good history of kind of shutting down Harden as well. And they've got the defenders too. I mean, the guys you mentioned, Murray's an elite defender. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think they can go one and one. Um, I'm assuming, I do think in the end, Houston will take care of business and get that, get that dub. And I do think therefore they'd beat the jazz. Um, 
But um, yeah, those are two matchups they shouldn't be afraid of because they've had they've had some recent levels of success against those two teams. Yeah, yeah, they do. Okay, uh, finally, uh, the teams that that can potentially make this eighth seed in the West, we've got the Phoenix Suns, who arguably the story of uh, of Orlando of the of the bubble. They're the only unbeaten team. They've won all five of their games. They play again. Um, tonight against the thunder so that that might have happened by the time you're hearing this so who knows maybe six and oh but um like, it's been great watching them hasn't it Devin booker hitting game winners i mean that that game winner against the clippers uh unreal like both both Kawhi and paul george you know typically cited as the two best sort of wing defenders in the league both had a had a go at blocking that shot um nothing but net uh, i think people have have um it's really showcased his talents and people are, are starting to see, you know, maybe talk about Devin Booker, seeing Devin Booker take a, take a step up maybe. Well, we know one person who's talking about Devin Booker and that's Draymond Green. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, uh, I mean, if your listeners don't know, he, he said Booker should leave essentially. Um, which is an interesting comment. And, you know, I'd love to see a Steph Curry Booker backcourt. They'd be not the great, defensively but obviously lights out offensively um yeah the Suns have been really fun to watch uh DeAndre Ayton obviously again someone who missed a chunk of games this season has really kind of broken out and really expanding this range as well which is really interesting um if he can shoot threes on a consistent basis um yeah I I do I do like what they've got at the moment obviously I wasn't sure because and correct me if I'm wrong but yeah uh, they haven't got uh, Kelly Oubre at the moment and I thought he was really good in the season and I thought maybe they'd struggle there but they've kind of subbed in for him pretty well um, Mikel Bridges is obviously a pretty strong defender and yeah they've they've kind of found this kind of groove and I don't know if they if, you know I don't know what Monty Williams was telling them heading into the bubble but they've clearly kind of had the kind of no fear attitude and have up some impressive wins since the likes of the Clippers and the Heat and as you said they've been really fun to watch yeah for sure and, and their remaining games as I said it's the Thunder today then the 76ers then the Mavericks I think it could be a little too far for them to get into um, into the playoffs I think they'd have to win all three and go 8-0 and um, which would be well it would be extraordinary if they if they did that really coming coming from where they have um, come. Yeah, Draymond um, fined 50,000 pounds, as you said. I just think, I think these tampering rules that the NBA have, I don't know, I, like, surely that's not harsh enough punishment if you're really going to enforce these tampering rules. Or, but then again, should they even be enforcing them? I mean, players talk, surely players text, you know, as well. You know, Draymond in the parking lot calling calling Kevin Durant you know can you really can you really police these these kind of things I don't know I don't know I think if he's asked his opinion on national TV about a player he should be able to express it that's I mean that's what he's there to do right and so it's I mean I I get you know you, you understand the NBA's logic but there's common sense kind of has to prevail that if, he, if he's given if he's being asked about Devin Booker on national TV and what he rate, how he rates him as a player, then he should be able to give his opinion kind of freely and without kind of consequence. So yeah, yeah, I I, I totally agree. But I don't think um, he'll be losing too much sleep over over the fifty grand fine. Um, presumably, quite a rich man uh, there. So um, look, I've got 
this is my overall. I've, I've pr- predicted the last few games, and I've got um, I've got the Blazers in eighth, um, the Grizzlies and the Suns tied in ninth, but the Grizzlies taking that um, on the tiebreaker, having having beaten the Suns three times this season, and then the Spurs behind them. Um, how's that sound to you in terms that would that would set up a playing tournament of Blazers Grizzlies? Um, do you think it's going to look something like that, or would you would you disagree with me somewhere there? I think I think I've got pretty much the same order. Um, like like you said, I think the Suns. I think they won't. I think they're maybe a, a win short of kind of getting into that eighth spot. But um, but yeah, I, I do think I do I do agree with that order. I do think it'll be a Blazers kind of Grizzlies eighth ninth kind of battle, and um, yeah, it should be a really exciting one. Jamarant versus Dame Lillard is a, is an exciting battle for sure. Yeah, I've got to say, I'm really looking forward to this playing tournament. I think I think it will actually be better if um, if the Grizzlies somehow sneak that eighth seed and the Blazers are in the ninth because then uh, the Grizzlies only have to win one game and the Blazers two. If it's the other way around, I think Blazers are definitely going to win one game. Um, but if not, I think that could be that could be really fun, really fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Cool. Nice one. Um, all right, Josh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about um, these, the award seasons coming up. Um, I, don't, I don't love award season really. I mean, the weird thing is it's always based on the regular season, isn't it? And then they're handed out during the playoffs. Um, sorry, you still there. I lost you for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm here. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was just saying the weird thing about about the awards, isn't it? They're they're awarded on the regular season, but they're given out during the playoffs. And you just feel like they, they don't really mean anything at that point. But you know, worth talking about anyway. Let's let's start with the big one MVP. Um the final three, LeBron, Giannis, Harden. No surprises, I guess. And I feel like I might know who who your choice is for that one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting how this has become a bit of a partisan kind of vote. Um, but I, I, you are correct in your thinking. I will have to go. I, I do go with Giannis, uh, over LeBron, although I, I can't, I can't deny, you know, if LeBron wins, I wouldn't be too, um, upset with that because those two are worthy winners. Harden there is an interesting one. You know, Luca is obviously having a really good year and had a really solid, kind of push at the start for sure. Um, but then again, James Harden is scoring numbers that are historic numbers that we've, we've, you know, people dream of scoring. So it's hard to deny his place on that list as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually agree with you. I think objectively, if you look at it, Giannis should win best, uh, best player on the best team. Um, you know, arguably he's the only like super, super, superstar on that team. Whereas the other two on the list, you know, Harden's got Westbrook, LeBron's got AD. Um, and uh, yeah, the numbers Giannis is putting up is, is amazing, but sort of the romantic in me kind of wants LeBron to win, win that fifth one um, at, at his age as well. Um, but I definitely wouldn't begrudge it to Giannis this year. Yeah. I think um, with, with, the Giannis candidacy if he was you know not so great on the if he was putting up like numbers that were significantly lower offensively to LeBron or Harden I would probably give it to LeBron or Harden but the fact that he is putting up sort of equal numbers scoring wise um 
plus then doing the work on the defensive end for me that gives him the edge i do kind of lean towards two-way players in this kind of race if you like although i can appreciate that you know the players who like a harden will they score outrageous numbers and you know you can't begrudge their place on the list yeah i, I overall i think it's potentially a fair list yeah i think um Luca's obviously I think there's a bit of recency bias about Luca's sort of candidacy for it because uh, obviously he's had a fantastic time in the bubble um but um I think I think that's pretty fair I think you'd you'd struggle to um to really argue with those those final three um talking of defense um Giannis has has made the defensive player of the year shortlist as well which I think is is another sort of feather in his cap um, as to why I should win MVP. He's alongside Anthony Davis and Rudy Gobert. Um, I'm interested. Do you think, you know, again, you are a bit, you're a bit past Sam, but uh, watching the Bucks week in, week out, you must have a good sense of how good Giannis's defense is overall. I mean, could, could he, could he do, you know, do a double win, win that as well? Yeah, it's interesting because when you, Giannis doesn't really, on the defensive end, he doesn't really take a sort of traditional man-to-man role. In a way, he's given the freedom to roam in the paint and then contest shots when one comes in. Um, and so, yeah, he, he's not really confined to kind of t- having to de- struggle, like take on someone and be responsible for one marker only. He's giving him the kind of license to kind of control the paint really um i do have him again yes you'd be correct i do kind of have (laughs) a defensive player of the year because they do have the best defensive record in the league um i'm trying to look up some stats as we speak um but just i think their ability to you know force teams to, to hit you know the teams are forced to hit three pointers to beat them really because they control the paint because the likes of him obviously Brooke Lopez has been huge as well um like a career high of blocks uh for the season yeah I do have I do have Giannis as defensive player of the year although you know it again Gobert is on a team that's traditionally a very strong defensive team and um and Anthony Davis has obviously played his part as well and really locked into a really a really strong defensive role on the Lakers as well so again three very uh, deserving candidates but as 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 um as I've admitted, my my Bucks allegiance kind of gets in the way on this one as well. Yeah, yeah, I um, yeah, I've just I've just quickly googled um defensive win shares. Actually, I just I was just interested. I know I know it's not a stat that's not the be all or end all, but um, I didn't know this, but Giannis just there he is at the top of the list. Um, so um, yeah, it, it's weird. I think maybe from a small market, Giannis, it, his all round play, his his defense, everything maybe doesn't get the focus it deserves sort of unlike Anthony Davis, who I feel like I've seen a lot more of this year and defensively he has been, he has been superb and he, he plays a bit more of a traditional role. I, I would say um, they sort of funnel him, funnel, uh, funnel players in towards him and he, he deters so much, gets in the way of so much blocks a lot. So he's been phenomenal. Um, I think it'll be between one of those two. I don't know. I, I feel um, it's quite hard to do a, uh, a back-to-back like Rudy Gobert would, but um, well, has has Rudy yeah, Gobert won the last two? Sorry. Actually, I think he. Uh, you have to correct me on that one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can have a look, but I'm just going to say the Jazz have the 11th best defensive rating in terms of uh, advanced stats, and yeah, I like I know obviously not all of it's down to him, 
that defensive rating, but like when you look at the when you see the Bucks and Lakers are within the top three, you kind of give Davis and Giannis the edge, given yeah. those stats, obviously. Actually, yeah, Gobert has won the last two, so that would be three in a row for him, which um, yeah, which would be uh, would be huge. Although I'm looking, uh, Dwight Howard was the last to do that. Um, got three in a row between '09 and, and 2011, but yeah. Um, other awards that have been announced rookie of the year I, I imagine we won't talk about this for long because uh, Jar Morant is there up against Zion Williamson and Kendrick Nunn I really can't see an argument for anyone other than Jar Morant uh, winning I think the only person who would disagree with that take is Kendrick Nunn himself yeah um, <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean it's hard to look past Jar Morant and what he's done I mean he's taken a Grizzlies team who were thought to be kind of near the bottom tier of the West into playoff contention, even if they don't make it, the fact that he took them into playoff contention, I think, speaks for itself. I think he's a he's definitely the clear favourite there. Definitely leading his team, points leading his team in assists, uh, and he's been great. Look, if Zion plays the whole year, maybe it's a different story, but definitely John Morant deserves to win that. Most improved player, uh, Bam Adebayo, Luka Doncic, Brandon Ingram. Um, it's quite an interesting one. I, I don't know. I, it feels weird to see Luka's name there. I mean, I'm sure like he has taken a step up, but it, it's like he's gone from being great to being amazing. And I, I, don't, I don't feel like that's what most improved should be about necessarily. So that's the one that kind of um, just sticks out to me is potentially not, shouldn't be there. Yeah, I think mean, it's interesting what, I guess, improved, the definition of it is interesting because obviously Luca's there for improving to become a superstar from rookie phenom he was whereas you look at Bam Adebayo he maybe he's maybe not quite on that level yet but he's certainly taken a few huge steps up and the same could be said for Brandon Ingram I think Luca said uh Devontae Graham should be on that list from the from the Hornets who obviously not at the bubble and hasn't been able to show off his skills in Orlando but I would agree with him I think Devontae Graham was a name not many people had on their radar at the start of the season and I think He's come, I would say he's outperformed Terry Rozier, who's on a much bigger contract with the with the Hornets, and I think he also should be on that list as well. And I mean, if Luca is there because he's elevated himself to superstardom, then the same argument could be made for Pascal Siakam as well. Yeah, I think that's really good points. And yeah, I saw I saw Luca say that. Um, it's uh, that's that's not a nice nice touch from him. And I, I I've seen people say it's you know a bit of a winning mentality from him. You know, if it's not MVP, he doesn't want it. Um, <laughs> arguably, um, but yeah, interestingly, just as you mentioned, the Hornets. I, I I noticed they've jumped the Washington Wizards in the standings despite not actually having played a game, um, which is pretty damning for uh, the Washington Wizards and. Um, yeah, maybe if I get uh, contributor Luke Bosher on uh, a Wizards fan, he can I can have a go at him about that. So that'll be fun. Um, Coach of the year has been um, it's been announced, hasn't it? On Monday, the winner joint winners Mike Budenholzer of your Bucks and Billy Donovan of the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, ahead of Nick Nurse. Um, yeah, I thought it, it was quite. It had the potential to be quite a competitive, uh, competitive race. Um, and it proved that way. Uh, but I, I do see people saying, um, Nick nurse has, has been robbed somewhat here having, you know, lost Kawhi and, and, and have this, you know, taking the Raptors to the second best, um, the second best team in the, in the East, but I'm sure you're happy to see, uh, coach Bud back up there again. I'm glad he's nominated. I, to be honest, would have gone with, 
if I was, you know, asked to pick one clear winner of the three, I would have gone with Billy Donovan actually, because I think he's, I, I mean, uh, he's kind of elevated the thunder into, again, we talk about John Morant having an, a kind of an elevation effect with the Grizzlies. I mean, Billy Donovan's done that with the thunder. Um, obviously, you know, people were questioning him a bit after their kind of patchy finals record with the likes of Westbrook and um, all the kind of stars that they've had. And he, I think he's really kind of proved the doubters wrong and really shown he's a very good coach. He can, and he's, and you've seen improvements in the, some, some of the young players as well, like a Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, so I would have actually gone with Billy Donovan as an outright winner that said, you know, coach Bud has, you know, continued to be consistent with the Bucks, and I think rewarding consistent excellence isn't a bad thing at all either. So, yeah, but I, I, I do think Nick Nurse again, he's been excellent um, as well. And uh, I can't remember if he was in contention to win last year, but if he wasn't, then he for that reason, then he should be also you know in contention this year. Yeah, I was saying um, on the show last week uh, with Sesh that. Um, we we kind of claim um, Nick Nurse as, as sort of British, the the English representative, because he did a little bit of coaching over here. Um, so um, and we like the Raps as well for the OG Ananobi factor. So yeah, um, yeah got to see Nick Nurse uh, miss out, only just miss out. Um, I believe he was one vote away from from it being a three way tie, which um, yeah would have been mad. But um, okay, last last award, uh, sixth man. Actually, should we just call this the Lou Williams Award? Uh, he's back on the shortlist alongside uh, Montrez Harrell, his teammate, and Dennis Schroeder from OKC. Um, Lou, going to walk off with this one again? Um, well, I actually had Dennis Schroeder as my winner. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. <laughs> uh, just because I... You know, again, and maybe it is kind of looking at the thunder and going, "Wow, they've gone from here to there." And who would have thought that? Um, but I do, I do think he's been very, very solid for them in that kind of scoring role. I think he's really kind of uh, he. I think mean, that three guard, um, that three guard lineup they put in with Paul Gilchrist like and, and Shrewd. I was reading they've got it's like statistically, it's got one of the best net ratings in the league and. I do think that his contribution has been really good. And obviously it's hard for him to accept a bench role, having, you know, started for the Atlanta Hawks for so long, but he's really taken to it really well. And I, I would like to see that getting rewarded. Having said all of that though, it, it, you know, it, it does feel inevitable that Lou Williams will claim the reward, the award wits and magic city hot wings, uh, in Atlanta. Um, and yeah, I, I, it does seem kind of, there's a bit of an in, inevitable feeling that he will probably claim it. Although I would like to see Dennis Schroeder win it. Yeah, I think, um, I think Schroeder does have a, have a really strong case this year. Um, 19 points per game, um, four assists. He's, uh, and they've missed him because he, he hasn't, he hasn't played all that much in the bubble, has he? Has he played at all in the bubble? I don't think. Uh, I think he's, he's been, been away, injured. hasn't he? No, he's he's been been, away. I think he's been, I think, I think his wife is pregnant at the moment. I think, I think that's what it is. Uh, um, yes. So he's yeah. understandably, he's been away to kind of, you know, be there for the birth of his child, which is totally understandable. Um, but yeah, they've, they've certainly missed kind of having that scoring presence. Cause there's not many 
scorers on the Thunder beyond their starting lineup. When you look at their bench, there's not it's not really that many. So he's definitely kind of shouldered a lot of the uh, load over there. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. No, it will be interesting to see if uh, if Lou takes it home again. I mean, he's been he's been just as good this season as he has for the past few seasons. So. But but maybe um, the fact that Montrez Harrell's on 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 there as well might um, uh, might kind of split the vote somewhat. Um, those two Clippers players, but uh, we'll see anyway. Okay, I think that's all the awards. Uh, all the awards done there. Um, so, um, is there anything else that you've noticed from the past the past week that uh, that's interested you or intrigued you that you'd like to uh, just bring up? I mean. I, I'm sure you've you've probably mentioned it, but TJ Warren has been on fire since yeah, uh, since the bubble has come back. Yeah, where's he? Where's he come from? Um, probably the surprise of the of the little bubble so far, isn't it? Yeah, and he makes the paces a lot more dangerous than they were. Obviously, we weren't sure. Obviously, the Oladipo will he won't he? He ended up he's obviously playing. Um, but if Warren can score at the same clip, then. The Pacers don't necessarily need Oladipo to be scoring 20 points a game if if he is going to maintain the form that he's in, and it, they become a very scary team. I don't know about you, but they to me in the East, I don't. I mean, I don't see them making a conference final, but they certainly force the series to become a seven-game, six-game series for sure. I've got to say the these the top six teams in the in the East suddenly all look look very strong and it suddenly looks a bit more unpredictable. I mean, having said that, the 76ers have just lost Ben Simmons to injury um, and Joel Embiid limped off as well last night. So actually, potentially, we're talking about a top five without them. Um, but, you know, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, and then, of course, your your Bucks on top, all, all incredibly strong. Um, and that Heat, Pacers first round series that um, I think uh, we're going to get, unless there's a, a little a little turnaround that's looking like a really good series. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, Sabonis versus Adebayo is a very interesting lineup matchup between, for those two teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, who would have thought the Sixers, I mean, I, I don't know, obviously we we're meeting on this podcast. I don't know if you had them penciled in as the favorites at the start of the season. I thought they'd be, I thought they'd come out of the East. I was, I was nervous for the, I get for for them as a as a Bucks fan, but who would have thought they've now slipped to number six and have now lost their two big players? Yeah, I got to say, I tweeted at the start of the year. I, I fancy the Sixers, um, which is looking pretty pretty a pretty poor pick. And then I I even said last week, um, if the Sixers meet the Bucks, I think the Sixers could do them with their with their sort of size um, with. Uh, you know, Joel Embiid defending Giannis like he did. And I think they've only played once this season. And um, I just remember um, Giannis being particularly ineffective against the, the Sixers defense that day. But um, alas, I, I fear I may have gone too soon on that. I mean, they've, you know, they, they both love playing against each other, Giannis and Embiid. I think they, they, they consistently put up big numbers against each other and, yeah, I, I, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of because I also had the Sixers <laughs> tipping the beating the Bucks in a, in a Eastern Conference final because I just thought defensively they are more than a match for the Bucks offense and it look it's yeah it's it's an interesting one and I don't want I don't I don't like kind of starting a position for coach to be. Stacked. 
whatever. But there'll be a question on Elton Brand, maybe on a Brett Brown, on on their strategy um, going forward. Yeah, definitely. It could be um, if they get bumped in the first round. It could be a bit of a a uh, bit of a funny off season for them. With you know, maybe there's always trade talks um, about one of one of their two big players, aren't there? So. Um, Look, we'll see what happens. Um, I probably do have them going out now with the, the Ben Simmons injury in, in that first round. Um, who would it be at the moment? It would be to the Celtics. It would be the Celtics yeah. at the moment. Celtic, which is, oh, that's, that'll, that'll be a great se- series as well, to be fair, just because of their little mini rivalry, I'd call it. Um, look, Josh, we better leave it there. Uh, we've been going on. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you again, uh, maybe during the playoffs and we'll, we'll see what's what. See if, um, I don't know, see if the 76ers are, are, are proving us uh, right. But I doubt it. I feel like they've, if, they've, if they've been listening to this, this is just, I mean, fodder for them to just kind of prepare and just be more angrier than they, than they are. It's fuel to the fire. It's fuel to the fire. We'll, we'll send yeah. it, um, I don't know, we'll send it Embiid's way. Uh, right cheers mate Um, we'll leave it there thanks big thank you to Josh there for taking the time out to uh, to talk to me it's great to get his insight great to talk to other people otherwise it's just me talking to myself in a bedroom and that's uh, that feels a bit sad really but um, very much looking forward to the end of these seeding games and the start of the playoffs Um, only two games left for for most of the team some of them are three but um yeah, it's nearly, nearly done and we're about to launch into the playoffs. Next week with Like The Pod, we'll return uh, to the Sunday evening and I'll hopefully be having another guest to um, yeah break down the end of the uh, regular season, the very, very long 2019-2020 regular season uh, and move on into the playoffs. So looking forward to that and I will see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.